0: Hello, it's Liana Bolden with Eternally Speaking Now. The title of this message is Dead Dreams. So I'm feeling contemplative today. Follow along with me as I, well, reflect on the meaning of life. No, 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 scratch that. That isn't what this is. (laughs) That sounds too esoteric. No, this message is more like a pondering of dead dreams. But before you conclude this is depressing, allow me to assure you, it is not. (laughs) On the contrary, what the Holy Spirit has burdened me to share will, I believe, lift you up in such a way as to sink you softly into a strange sense of comfort while refreshing you with renewed hope. At least that's my longing for this message here. But I've gotten ahead of myself. Let us first address Dead dreams, and to do so, we need to define the word dream, right? So it's defined as a cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal. A cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal. So dead dreams would then be those things we hoped for that never came to pass. They're not limited, though, to older people who now look back regretfully on a lifetime of missed opportunities. No, this dilemma of dead dreams affects all of us, regardless of age or current season of life. In fact, the deadest dreams I've personally experienced are due to unmet expectations I never knew that I had set. Like, they may present themselves, for example, as a seven-year-old child who loses his dream of a happy home when his parents unexpectedly divorce. You see, he didn't know he had the dream of a happy home. He was living it. He didn't know he had that dream until it was broken. Or maybe it'll look like grown children who learn of their elderly mother's diagnosis of dementia. And this exposes and crushes their assumptions that she would just grow old with a sharp mind and memory. Maybe your experiences are similar to mine. Maybe you miscarried. You could never get that baby back. The possibility of losing the baby hadn't really crossed your mind during pregnancy. Or maybe you collapsed from an unexpected, unpreventable illness that stole years from vibrant and active living. You had never seen it coming. It halted all future ambitions and left you with a dead dream. Or maybe a loved one or close friend is currently enduring a debilitating or terminal illness. I understand. (laughs) They were healthy just weeks ago, unaware that tomorrow's expectations and plans would not come to pass. The list goes on. You had a cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal, and it got hijacked, redirected, and squashed. Whether our desires are monumental or minuscule, Whether we're aware of our expectations or not, it is painfully evident that dead dreams are an inevitable part of life. Well, let me share with you what God has shown me through all of this. And here comes the uplifting part, by the way. (laughs) Well, it'll gradually unfold. Life on earth is full of good and bad. With every evil, there's a good, and with every good, there's an evil. This can be surreal to experience. I remember last year, my cousin in South America had been in ICU for weeks, barely responsive. It was heart-wrenching. Yet at the same exact time, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law were welcoming a newborn baby boy into their home. How exhilarating, right? You had a heart-wrenching and an exhilarating going on at the same time with downs come ups with ups come downs, and there is no escaping this reality. And it's like, I don't know, it's like leaves that turn colors in autumn. Those leaves are gorgeous, even stunning. But the only reason they're beautiful is because they're dying. Falling leaves are dead. But as they plummet to the ground, every single one of them fulfills a greater purpose to fuel the soil and be used mysteriously, majestically, mightily in the cycle of life. And this is a worthy cause, is it not? Did you know that fallen leaves fertilize the soil? Their process of decomposing is necessary in order to form a type of mulch that helps suppress weeds. This seasonal pattern literally promotes healthy gardening. Nature and its brilliance simply wouldn't be the same without dead leaves. Truly, leaves must die in order to bring forth new life. (laughs) As that pours forth from my mouth, I can't help but think of Jesus. I mean, he died that we may live. And we're then called to die to ourselves that others may see Christ in us and in turn live. John 12, 24 to 25 says it beautifully. Jesus speaking says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. What an intriguing paradox. I'm sensing an Ecclesiastes 3 moment, if I may. Will you slow down now? Just slow down your mind and submerge yourself into these verses that I read to you from Ecclesiastes 3. And as you listen, take note of the ones that maybe you personally identify with and allow the Lord to minister to your soul. Okay, here are the verses. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. My dear father has been wrestling against some disappointing diagnosis that he has received in his sunset years. My family had visited him and my mom a little while back and you know cherished our time together as always. The morning that we drove back home, it was super early, so the sky was still dark. And before we left, as is our custom, the five of us assembled in a circle to pray. As the others took turns praying, the Lord prompted me to open my eyes. While I glanced around our precious prayer circle, he impressed this picture upon my spirit. The Holy Spirit is within each of us, Jesus is standing at the center of the circle, and the Father is wrapping his arms all around us. The Lord, the Lord is one, and he's made of three distinct parts. The Holy Spirit, Jesus the Son, and the Heavenly Father. One great God giving me this precious picture of his presence with us as we prayed. And while closing in prayer, I finished the the prayer circle and I spoke that picture that the Lord had given that I just told you. And I thanked him for the timely reminder of the Trinity and his faithful presence with us. And then I added, and God, you are above us as well. Now I'm making a point of that because in that moment when I added that, how God was above us as well, In my natural mind, it didn't really fit the prayer to add that phrase because it really wasn't a part of the image God had imparted to me. But the sense was so strong in my spirit that I went ahead and prayed it, and I soon understood why. After waving goodbye, as we exited my parents' driveway into the pitch black of early morning, an incredible phenomenon occurred. A white cloud appeared above our car, Now, it wasn't stark white, but it was a softly, gently lit up cloud enough to notice it. And this made no sense because the rest of the sky was dark. It was pitch black out. It was super duper early morning. The sun wasn't anywhere near coming up yet. And the cloud wasn't lightened due to the moon either. All I can say is it was this glorious, miraculous expression of the faithful presence of our all knowing, all seeing all-powerful, caring, compassionate, loving, and personal three-in-one holy God. Revelation 21 verses 3 to 5 says, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, And be their God. And listen to this. This promise is for you, for me. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write. For these words are true and faithful. Amen, right? God's cloud remained above us in our car, above our car, for about an hour before sunlight that morning, and he safely carried us home. Now, check this out. The following day, my mom, completely unaware of all I just shared with you, sent me a picture that I'd asked for. It was my dad who was out despite his recent diagnosis, was outside, had the longing to dig in the dirt to plant fresh, new, living dune grass in an area of the land where the old grass had to be uprooted. Now follow this. This is so exciting. My parents had to have the sewage fixed. So in order to do that, they had to clear out some of the dune grass. My dad was out planting fresh, New living dune grass where the old grass had had to be uprooted due to the sewage. (laughs) Follow the symbolism here. It's so sweet how God will just speak from the word, speak from the Bible to you and your heart, and then look around, be aware of his sweet confirmations. I got a picture of my dad digging to plant new dune grass and right behind him are three white pipes sticking up from the ground three white pipelines behind her him that were installed as a part of the new sewage system there were three of them they were white for me Liana and I pass it on to you it was just a an almost um humorous and but i say humorous in a personal way of a reminder of the father son and the holy spirit god's presence with us remember the white cloud that he's in through all around above and in the midst of what the waste and junk that the sewage of life can bring right in the middle of needing to fix our messy stuff The Holy Trinity of God is right there. The Lord calls us then to go out and to partner with him as he uproots and clears our land. He fixes your messes and then he uses it all somehow to plant newness of life. Are you catching the picture? So here's our challenge. Do you have a cherished aspiration, ambition, or ideal? that was once alive and vibrant with hopeful future, but now is dead and gone. Allow me to conclude with these words. First, please speak truth to yourself. You are not alone. We all experience the loss of desires, the death of living things. May I confess something to you? <laughs> I've been crying off and on a lot lately This message is seeped with my own tears. Life is sad, but never, ever believe the lie that you're alone. I understand, and so many others do as well. And Jesus understands completely, 100%, and he's real, and he's with you now. Secondly, don't let the enemy twist this into some trite pat on the back, because that's not what I'm about to say. Please receive this as a source of strength and revival. And it is this. God is with you in the midst. Listen, he's in, around, at the center of, and above, all that you're enduring, all the while embracing you with his loving arms. This is not the end of your story. Eternity awaits, and it's closer today than ever before. And when it's time, if you are in Christ and he is in you, he will safely carry you home. And finally, guess what? Jesus may resurrect your dead dream. He does do that. And if he does, I can report from personal testimony, it will be better than what you first envisioned. On the other hand, admittedly, more often than not, God may not bring that dead dream back to life. It's gone. There's no undoing that. Is it okay then for us to consider our dead dreams like leaves in the autumn? They have fallen. They are no more. But they're now poised to be used for glory in the cycle of your life. To clear out some waste, to uproot some weeds, to plant new life to garden your soul to fuel what is next and to supply a sort of spiritual and emotional nutrition for your upcoming season ecclesiastes 3:11 says that god has made everything beautiful in its time also he has put eternity in our hearts that's amazing Let us leave space for the mysteries of God while surrendering our dead dreams to be used by him to make something new and beautiful, as beautiful as the leaves of autumn that soothe the soul and leave us in awe of our creator.